before you start this podcast, I'm going to need you to pause this for like five to ten seconds and go listen to Angel with a Shotgun by the Cab. Okay, welcome to Baited. I'm Zoe. And I'm Maj. And we love queer baiting. <laughs> this podcast is a dissection of queer baiting, but I think also ultimately a celebration and defense of it. It was fun. It should happen if we can't get good gay representation. I'd rather a well-written queer bait. Also, a disclaimer before anyone calls us homophobes, we are gay. <laughs> Just something I've noticed in in TV and movies and basically any form of media is I would take interesting, fun queer bait over a boring ship put in there for representation but mostly just being a token thing you could like you would have to put a gun to my head to make me watch the haunting of hill house lesbian scene again but like boy did i love ocean eight i think the best example i can i can think of of this is um a show i've never watched because it looks awful but supergirl has like supergirl has a canon lesbian ship i've never seen a picture of it in my life <laughs> But no one ships them, and everyone instead goes for the queer bait. It's Katie McGrath. Katie it's McGrath's Katie work McGrath. in queer baiting has been absolutely phenomenal. I think a big trope in a lot of because queer baiting most often is two white men, yeah, whose characters will be heterosexuals and have girlfriends, and so those two girls will be shipped together for woke points and, and to you, get them out of the way, and to get them out of the way for the gay ship, and usually. That is nonsense, because those are characters who have no personalities and never interact. Katie McGrath <laughs> in Merlin, the BBC's Merlin. It's because she's hot. It's because she's hot, and yeah, I think it's, it's, it's genuinely something's happening with her and Gwen. God. Um, so the format of this show is that we're going to go episode by episode, each one focusing on a popular queerbaiting ship um, of Tumblr of the era of queerbaiting, and as you'll come to see some more recent examples that we think um, exemplify uh, queerbaiting, even if maybe they're not things that are being labeled as queerbaiting. Kind of like an addendum to that, we're not going to talk about Killing Eve. Yeah, Killing Eve's not queerbaiting. Killing Eve is a show about lesbians being lesbian. <laughs> so, so Zoe, what is queerbaiting? I would say that queerbaiting is the deliberate um, implication by the creators and actors through both comments made during the show and out of the show that a gay couple will happen as an attempt to bring in uh, gay or just like teenage girl viewers without ever actually confirming anything to get in trouble with like evangelical bases. The most a queerbaiting ship could ever hope for is having it just be long and drawn out and neither of the male characters will, will ever get long-term genuine female romantic interests or even just like them just giving up on female romantic interests entirely and just queer baiting but they will never get together they'll never kiss they'll never fuck they may tell each other they love each other but it will never be those exact words it will never it will be loose metaphors characters around them will make jokes about like oh go run and tell your little boyfriend <laughs> i think that is a word-for-word -word thing that happens on Supernatural. It happens in almost all of these. I'm positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if one of them has, has a love interest, she'll say things like, well, you know, 
you dated him first, so you should know. They may actually reference the ship name at one point in the show. A la Supernatural. And I think, uh, I don't know if they ever said John Locke on Sherlock, but they definitely referenced yeah. that there are shippers. Panels, the cast or the creators might intimate that it's, you know... There's something there. It's a really intense friendship, but... I don't, I don't know, know if, if I would define it. it as romantic. <laughs> Nothing will ever be confirmed. I think ultimately the most that people supporting a queerbaiting ship can hope for is them dying in each other's arms. We are starting with the gourmet queerbait. We are starting with the... What's, like, something that's good? What's something... The caviar of a queerbait. Like, if all the other shows we're going to talk about on this podcast are, like like CW whatever nonsense. This is like Shakespeare. Yeah. I mean the things that we're gonna talk about are CW <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> like, like, literally. like literally. So I, I don't want you thinking that we're actually gonna talk about Shakespeare. Because we're not. We're talking about BBC Merlin. <laughs> I just wanna say that if you haven't watched Merlin do it now. You really should. Do it now. At least watch the scene comp. Or at least watch, I don't know, watch a few clips and then watch that one clip from Yentl at the end of Yentl. <laughs> you guys ever seen the movie Yentl? <laughs> Barbara Streisand and Mandy Patinkin, the only woman um, I think to ever win a directing Oscar, or I think the first to be nominated. Um, I don't, I don't want to explain the plot of Yentl right now, but there's a scene in it that happens almost word for word in BBC Merlin, so that that's the best explanation I can give. So, BBC Merlin is... There's no way to, like, explain the synopsis of the show without going immediately into <laughs> Merther. It's basically, you know... Well, I'll give the, the baseline, like... Like, what the BBC's description, it's a family-oriented retelling of the Arthurian legend. So, it's, like, if the characters of the Arthurian legend were teenagers or people in their early 20s, and it's them coming of age, coming into power, coming into the archetypes they would be, um, in, like, fun hijinks, it's a Monster of the Week show, which ultimately makes no sense of what they want the plot to be, but, like, it is one. Um, and it's called Merlin because it's about Merlin. You know Merlin, the old wizard. Well, he's not an old wizard now. No. He's a cute, he's a cute blue-eyed, fresh-faced twink who's new to Camelot and just so happens to find himself the manservant of Arthur Pendragon. Arthur is a prince. He has daddy issues. And a homophobic father. I mean, magic-phobic. The thing to know about Merlin is Merlin has a prominent overarching metaphor that drives the entire plot of the show. In Camelot, magic is illegal. If you practice it, you will be burned at the stake. There are purges of these people that happened in the past. Uh, they bring in witch hunters to take them out of, um, you know, the castle. And Merlin has magic. He was born with it. He can't control it. It's just a part of him. He can never let Arthur know that he has magic. Um, because Arthur's, Arthur's magic-phobic father... Will burn him at the stake. But in every episode, there is another magic user causing mayhem, and Merlin kills them, usually. <laughs> For a family-oriented show, Merlin kills a lot of people. 
The best thing about PPC Merlin is that he can kill people, <laughs> but, <they're> but they <laughs> can't show adultery. I don't know if any of you guys are, I mean, I'm sure some people are familiar with the Arthurian legend, but the, one of the biggest tropes of all Arthurian literature is Lancelot and Guinevere have an affair, and they get caught, and she almost gets burned at the stake, and then he rescues her. And that's like, that shows up in like every derivative work. Not this one, Not Merlin! <laughs> Lancelot and Gwen, like, have some little affair. But not when she's married to yeah. Arthur. Because they, they, like, it's so much they can't show adultery, but, but boy, can they queer bait. Boy, can they queer bait. Mirtha is a central conceit of this show. Mirtha is what keeps this show running. I think that most of the shows we're going to talk about became queer baiting as a way to get fans and to keep a show going that was bad. Merlin, though, was conceived around this idea, almost undeniably so. So much that by all, anyone who has watched the show who I know says, and who hasn't finished it or didn't know a lot, says that by all logic, you assume that at some point, based on a lot of like prophecy shit that's being talked about, based on the format, based Two on the Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> based on actual Arthurian legend, you assume that Merlin is going to tell Arthur he has magic and Arthur will accept and love him and make him the court sorcerer or whatever, and they will rule Camelot together. But they can't. It never happened. Merlin can never tell Arthur that he has magic, because then otherwise the queer rating falls apart, because it relies on the metaphor of magic and homosexuality. They, they're the same thing, which is also why, uh, why the lesbian ship in Merlin actually does work, because Morgana is also magic and talks about it in the same way that Arthur, um, that Merlin does. And it's really, it's really not subtle at all. It's, it's not. I, I think I have, um, a post that I found on the internet that has some of the most notable examples of queerbaiting, uh, or not of queerbaiting, but of the, because the, the queerbaiting is almost like its own, like it's an additional thing <laughs> to the Magicka's gay metaphor. Some of the most egregious examples of it on the show. Um, hold on, I'm finding it. He says, you don't know why I was born like this, do you? I'm not a monster, am I? And then Morgana says, Morgana another point says, what if magic isn't something you choose? What if it chooses you? Uh, his, Merlin's friend, played by Gendry from Game of Thrones, says, face it, Merlin, you're living a lie! <laughs> Merlin says, if he doesn't accept me for who I really am, then he's not the friend I hoped he was. Merlin says, you wouldn't even acknowledge she had magic. This is about Morgana. He says, you don't understand what it's like. The years before I came to Camelot were the loneliest of my life. <laughs> um... Morgana says, I've always been told that magic is evil, that it corrupts your soul. You don't know what it's like to be an outsider, to be ashamed of how you were born, to have to hide who you are. Like, this is how Kurt from Glee talks. <laughs> it really is. There's a part where Mordred says we go unmarked in death as in life, which I'm pretty sure is a quote word for word in very English scandal. <sighs> so, um, yeah. Merlin's gay. Merlin's gay that when at the final episode of the show, when he tells Arthur he has magic, as Arthur is dying, he's like, Arthur, I have magic, but I use it for, for you. you! Only for you! Which is a lie. <laughs> he uses it. He uses it to cheat at card games. Um, but most of the plot revolves around Merlin... Dying for Arthur in various ways. Um, Merlin drinking poison for him. 
twice. Merlin, like, throwing himself in front of evil ghosts. Merlin trading his life for Arthur's. Merlin valuing his life so lowly that he will, in every episode of that show, give up his life to keep alive a man who, like, by the metaphor of the show, is violently homophobic, <laughs> would kill him if he knew the truth about him, and is like, no, no, if I wait around long enough, he will accept me. And I guess to Arthur's defense, the most we can say <laughs> is every time, and this isn't like a good thing, it's it, in the metaphor, it's not, but every time Uther is like, there's magic about, and it's Merlin's fault. Arthur's just like, but daddy, I love him. He's like, Merlin's too much of an idiot to do magic. So it's like, yeah, your straight friend you're in love with is defending you by saying, this isn't a homo. <laughs> no, I mean, it's straight as I come. This is my friend Merlin. He's, dad, dad, it's not weird to listen to Barbara Streisand. Dad, stop. Dad, that's really intolerant of you. <laughs> Dad, you're being really homophobic right now. Dad, I hope you know how you sound. <sighs> you're not making my friend feel welcome in our house. I feel like we're being, we're very bitter. We're, we're at the age where we're very bitter and able to read critically into things <laughs> that we enjoyed very much as teenagers. Because, like, Merthyr, it was, it was good. But now we gotta be like, Arthur was never in love with Merlin. <laughs> Arthur... Arthur doesn't even, like, accept that Merlin, it's okay that Merlin can do magic and he's not evil and not a traitor until, like, more than halfway through the end of the last episode. Yeah. He doesn't say, thank you, you actually, like, thank you for saving my life and for being, you know, risking everything, like, risking being burned at the stake. To like, keep me every day. <laughs> until he's breaths from dying. God. Like... And, like, there, again, there's no way he could have come out earlier and accepted that until the very last episode, because then otherwise, like, they would have to acknowledge that, yeah, we were queerbaiting you, and it was never gonna happen. <laughs> it was never gonna happen. Because Arthur doesn't have magic, and by that, you know, extent, is straight. They really pull the Love, Simon thing when he's like, how could you lie to me? Like, bro, you'd have killed him! <laughs> Bro. My dad was burning people at the stake. Bro, you were gonna burn him alive. That's like gnarly. Yo, Arthur, you were gonna burn like an eight-year-old at the stake. Doesn't Arthur help? I haven't seen that episode in many. He years. helps like later, but at first he was really ready to burn this kid at the stake. <laughs> Isn't he the boy from Sex Education? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Victorian ghost boy. <laughs> From Hugo. His name is Asa Butterfield. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought he was really cute when I was like So did I! 11. So did I! <laughs> now, like, God, he looks so consumptive. <laughs> God, when will he, um, Colin Morgan, Ben Whishaw, <laughs> like, the three of them play, like, I don't know, they can't, they can't play the same person. Oh, remake don't... of the hours. <laughs> I'm losing it. They look like the same person. They look so much like the same person that Maj uh, yeah, I thought Ben Wishaw was Ariel, and I thought Ben Wishaw was Merlin. Ben Wishaw was Ariel. Fuck! I thought Colin Morgan was Ariel. Colin Morgan was also Ariel in different directions. They were both Ariel at different times. I don't think they were the same person. You thought Ben Wishaw was Merlin, right? Yeah, I thought Ben Wishaw was Merlin. You really thought I was, like, standing the Merlin guy for months? 
I mean, yeah. God, <laughs> getting off on a tangent. Oh, uh, tangent. Tangenting. Oh, yeah. Yes. He can never come out. Metaphor of being gay. Metaphor of being gay. He can never come out, but Morgana does come out. Yeah. Morgana leads a violent rebellion against Uther. If we're taking queer baiting as representation, which we are in this podcast, because what are you here for? Morgana is a much better queer figure than Merlin is. Morgana's like, yeah, oppression, it's bad. Even before she knew she had magic, yeah. she was actively fighting against the regime, actively trying to free people who were accused. She was in prison. She went to jail. People were killed. <laughs> Nobody was killed in Stonewall. <laughs> Morgana is like like the Larry Kramer. God, not this metaphor. Of again. Merlin. And Merlin is Roy Cohn. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin is, is not, not a sorcerer. sorcerer. He is a normal man who fucks around with magic. <laughs> Merlin's whole thing was if I stay closeted enough and just keep on supporting my oppressor, then maybe <laughs> maybe one day his son will love me. <laughs> Merlin did not care about changing the regime. Merlin did not care for any of the other magic users. He threw under the goddamn bus and killed. He was only like, I don't want them to find out I have magic because then Arthur will be mad at me. I think, does he help? He helps the druid boy. Because a druid boy can telepathically communicate with him and won't leave him alone. <laughs> He's like, you can't stand by and Why let are you letting me die, Merlin? And then, he, and then he finds out that it's Mordred. Yeah. And that he's going to kill Arthur one day. Which, you know what? Like, he's right! <laughs> Merlin, hey, fuck Magneto. Morgana was right. Morgana was right. Yeah, and then he's fine. He, he like, is, tries to let them kill Mordred, who's yeah. a little boy. Yeah. Because he might kill Arthur one day down the line. God. He's ready to risk a little, like, he's ready to kill a little boy to protect Arthur later. <laughs> protect Arthur in many years. Also, how does time pass on BBC Merlin? I think it does. Because I've heard that they're, like, 29 by the end of the show, but they're five seasons and it starts when they're teenagers. Is there a time jump? Yeah, it's it's bad. The metaphor of BBC Merlin is bad. Merlin's... <laughs> It's bad. It's Morgana not... should have won and tried Merlin for war crimes. Yeah. Merlin called the gods at Stonewall. Merlin's a ca- uh, capo. <laughs> he's he's really bad. He's really a collaborator. And I really feel bad just absolutely dumping on Merther because it, it is really good queer baiting. It is. And they really drive you absolutely crazy. There's really beautiful... Ten- have you... You've seen the one where it's like, uh, no man is worth your tears. Oh, God. He's oh, like... Oh, God. He's like, Arthur... Well, you know, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, like, he's going to battle. He's like, I don't want to lose that armor. (laughs) They're both, like, inches from tears, like, unable to touch each other because they're too repressed. I just wish that I could inter, that we could interpret Arthur as being able to reciprocate Merlin's feelings, but then maybe then maybe Merlin would be a little less absolutely intolerable. If BBC Merlin was good, Arthur would have had to find out about and been like, it's okay. You're my friend. I love you. It's okay. Exactly. It wouldn't they wouldn't have had to I mean in my if BBC Merlin was good, they kind of you'll 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 see when you read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like like they ultimately for the show to not be a horrible political message, they don't like need to fuck. <laughs> they just <laughs> He just needs to not be like 
you're evil. Yeah. For yeah. concealing. It's so weird. God. It's really weird. And are we meant to think at the end that, like, magic becomes legal? Because I don't think we are. Yeah, me neither. Because, like, it brings that, like, we don't see any glimpse of the future, and so we could, like, interpret it as happening in our timeline. Like, they kind of imply that, like, oh, Merlin's walking around today (laughs) out there, and I'm like, then where's the magic, huh? You know, the show ends with um, Merlin being immortal, living in the present day, still waiting for Arthur to rise again and maybe fuck him this time. Merlin in the present day. Because Merlin is immortal, Merlin... Like, could have called the cops on gay bars. <laughs> Collaborator Merlin. God, there's an Arthur in every age, and he's always homophobic. <laughs> it truly is, like, if Arthur were to come back to life today... Merlin, it would, the same thing would happen all over again. Like, he would be straight. Merlin would be the best man at his wedding. Like, he wouldn't fuck him. He, he, bro, he's just not gonna fuck you, though. It's sad. It's really sad to watch Merlin just completely throwing away his life like this. He never does anything. No. He never has any love interest. Get a hobby. <laughs> You're alive forever. Go, take some classes. Get your BFA. You know that Merlin lived forever, but, like, didn't do jack shit. No. Merlin's, like... Merlin's at home right now, like, looking back through old scrolls that he would exchange with Arthur. When he's like, uh, I burned for you, Arthur. Come back to me. And Arthur's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you at the next campaign. Like, the most I could imagine Merlin doing in present, immortal Merlin in the present day, he's probably some Arthurian scholar, and it's just absolutely insufferable. Writing really erotic. Like, ever read, like, I don't know. Like an academic essay by someone who wants to fuck someone they're talking about. That's what that's what Merlin's doing. This <laughs> is exclusively me talking about Anne Carson, but like, so lies beautiful effeminate. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Arthur's work eternal. <laughs> bro, his he's, legacy. He's not even real, bro. He's not gonna fuck you though. I yeah, we just we just completely dumped on Merlin. <laughs> really did. Uh-huh. So let's talk. Oh, we should talk about the fandom. We should talk about fandom. Merlin, the BBC, like, as as much as we now can be like, <laughs> Merther could never happen, Merlin was an insufferable little bitch. <laughs> and just, like, it was just sad to watch. Like, you know, back in the day, in 2013... You thought it was gonna happen! Yeah, you really did. That's why it gets you. That You really think it's gonna happen. And on Tumblr, it was probably one of the more palatable fandoms. Oh, this. Every, it was super hulak adjacent. But it was never part of the tr- triad. Never. Which is weird, because ultimately it should have been Doctor Who Sherlock Merlin. Yeah. I have no idea how Supernatural got in there. <laughs> I, I feel like our Supernatural episode's gonna be, like, double the length. <laughs> We're gonna be like, it's gonna why? be a two-parter. Why? Oh my god. But no, Merlin, Merlin was, like, generally unobtrusive and nice Yeah. when we were, like, 11. I mean, there was definitely... I know there was a lot of drama because people thought... Both that Bradley James, the Arthur playing the actor playing Arthur, and Colin Morgan, the actor playing Merlin, were fucking. Which I'm pretty sure Bradley James was straight. I'm pretty sure Colin Morgan's gay. Uh, that's yeah. Um, like <laughs> art, um, life imitates art. Um, but and there's also drama that people thought Katie McGrath and Colin Morgan were engaged, which I think because they were both Irish and on the show. <laughs> oh God, my favorite part about Merlin is Katie McGrath's. 
a horrible attempt at, at disguising her Irish accent. It it's is, like, she should know how to do that. She's from, Eng- like, she's from the UK. How can God, she not do she an English can't. accent? It's like, it's, 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 it's nice in the Merlin fan fiction. You, you've been delving into it. But, yeah. like, I've, like, a lot of tropes are, you know, Arthur renounces his homophobic father yeah. for Merlin, which make, leads me to believe that Merlin's writing all of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Merlin's doing now. I feel He's like... writing Merthyr fanfic on AO3. <laughs> he really is. I feel like one of the weirder things about Merlin fanfiction is that they aren't all Merlin gets burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like, the, you have the option so easily to have him be burned at the stake. Like, yeah. Like, the, the angst, the drama. Like... And he, here's the thing, Merlin definitely has the magic. Actually, he canonically has the magic to get out of it, because Merlin does almost get burned at the stake once. Yeah. But in disguise. But it does happen, and he magics himself out fully, um, within moments of being burned, dumb bitch. Merlin has the the way to magic himself out, but if Arthur, if Arthur was like, Uh, I think you're bad, uh, I think you should be burned at the stake, Merlin would not struggle. Merlin would be like, well... I guess this is how it's gonna go down. Wow. Yeah, he would. <laughs> like, the amount of, like, agonizing physical pain he could be in would not compare to, like... Mirtha really lends itself to, like, I guess hurt comfort, but mostly hurt <laughs> and little comfort. Because that's what the show is in canon. When we were talking about, like, Merlin a couple days ago, yeah. we were looking up scene comms on YouTube, and we found a long-ass <laughs> playlist just of Merlin gets hurt. <laughs> God, like... Uh, truly all of, like, because I was reading those fics, and a lot of them are, like, like, the ones that even deal with that plot are, like, Merlin's arrested for sorcery, but then Arthur, like, rescues him, which, like, no! <laughs> That's not- He wouldn't! He wouldn't! He wouldn't! His daddy issues are too bad. We've decided on two songs for the <laughs> Arthur Pendragon playlist. One is Daddy Lessons, the Riverdale cover, and one is Run, Joey, Run, the Glee cover. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's like if if Arthur had less issues, then maybe, maybe, maybe he could be less repressed. But he's got such bad fucking daddy issues. Uther is one of the worst fictional fathers. Uther is like he's a homophobe. <laughs> like I, it is. I am. There are bad fictional fathers, and then I'm like, this is just straight up. Me- like, it's not a metaphor. He's a homophobe. Oh, one of my other favorite Merthyr fanfic tropes is people being, is when Uther will consistently be like, Arthur, like, I mean, it's okay that you're having sex with a man because at least you're not going to get any bastards, but, like, you can't be having sex with a sorcerer. <laughs> like, no, it's the same thing. <laughs> it, it, it's the same thing, man. You don't understand the show you're watching. <laughs> God, like, analyze it. <laughs> Critical thinking. Uther's homophobic. Uther would burn his own son at the stake. He would. He wouldn't even... He'd be fine with it. Yeah. I feel like part of the show is, like, he he loves his children. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, throws them in jail a lot. He makes them go through, like, insanely undue psychological torture. He loves his kingdom. <laughs> I think he wouldn't kill Arthur only because then he wouldn't have an heir. Yeah, yeah. I think he definitely cares about Arthur in having an heir. 
Yeah. Um, he was actually, like, no, in the, in the, the, the Black Knight episode. I, I um, don't remember. What happened? Like, a zombie knight comes, a wraith, a wraith comes to get revenge, and, it, like, it can't die, and it kills everyone, and Arthur challenges it, and Merlin Forge, Mer- Merlin, obviously, what he, what's he doing in this? He's like, I can't let Arthur die. And he goes, and he, he takes Gwen's father's best sword and gives it to the dragon that, you know, lives in the basement uh, that no one else has ever found for some reason and, like, has it burned. Do they know about the dragon? Are they meant to know about that dragon? <laughs> I have no idea. I know. The dragon is voiced by John Hurt. Uh, you may know John Hurt from a lot of other media, including playing the war doctor from Doctor <laughs> yeah, Who. Yeah, that's the only one I really know him from. I'll- that was a weird plot line. So doctor weird. Who got weird. But hey, at least Rose is in it. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad, but, like, at least they confirmed Dr. Rose's uh, soulmates. Side note for another episode. That was queer baiting. That was queer baiting. That was queer baiting. Ten you can ra- be queer baited with straight people, and we were with Dr. Who. The, especially because of, like, the droves of lesbian fans. Yeah. That went for Ten Rose. Us. <laughs> we mean us. I mean me. Uh, oh, God. Um. Yeah, but the, the, the Excalibur episode. Like, um, Uther... Like, Arthur challenges the Wraith, and the Wraith is gonna, like, let, like, gonna kill him, because the Wraith can't be killed unless it's by a special sword. And it, like, it takes some convincing for Uther to take Arthur's place. It takes a while. (laughs) God, Like, it's only when he remembers how much he went through to, like, have Arthur be born, because, like, his wife... What like couldn't have children, so I mean, they had to get it through witchcraft. Yeah, and that's why he hates witchcraft. Yeah, but it's yeah, his yeah, fault. yeah. She that's died in childbirth. Um, have you gone to the episode yet, where like more ghosts reveals that to Arthur, and then he's gonna kill Uther, and then Merlin like tells him it was a lie and makes him stop. God, there were so many times when Merlin, Merlin like could have could have killed Uther. <laughs> there was one where for fucking like. Morgana was, like, starting, like, a resistance and going to assassinate him for burning Gwen's father at, like, or, like, cutting his head off. I don't think he got burned at the stake. I think he got executed. Does anyone ever actually get burned at the stake? Oh. Because I can't show that, because it's a family show. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, after Gwen's father gets executed, she, like, teams up with some outlaws to, to, like, have Uther assassinated. Which, like, yeah, good! But then Merlin's like, if I let her do that, I'm as bad as him. And then goes and kills some bandits <laughs> to stop them from killing Uther. <laughs> His sense of morality is so bad. It's so skewed. And just, ba- it's solely based around Arthur. He's like, if it makes Arthur upset? He has no other interests. God. You think, you think that when Uther dies, Arthur will, like, make sorcery legal. <laughs> but like has he ever had a he hasn't had a major change of heart even in the last episode he's like I guess it's okay if you're <laughs> yeah cause he did it to save his life yeah like if you're a sorcerer Merlin I guess that's okay also, I just don't believe your kind should have rights <laughs> he's one of those people who's like I think homosexual like it's fine if you're a homosexual but I think it's still a sin there was a girl in my floor freshman year who told me that wow yeah I've never had that point blank said to to me, I've had other things, but I have had a lot of people being like, that's a fine opinion to hold. <laughs> being like, those aren't bad people. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. God, the politics of the BBC's Merlin. 
They were bad. They were bad. But you know what? It was good. The angel with the shotgun, AMV. Yeah! Oh, here's a thing we discovered while doing research. I'm sure you guys know about angel with a shotgun. If you if you know enough about queerbaiting to be listening to this podcast, you know about Angel with a Shotgun. But I, I assumed Angel with a Shotgun was, like, just a death seal yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm positive that it was just written for that because it works so well. <laughs> Angel with a Shotgun. Fighting till the war's done. I don't care if heaven won't, won't take, take me, me back. back. But there is a, we looked it up for every ship that we're going to do in this podcast. And there is an Angel with a Shotgun AMV out there for it. Almost... All of them. Yeah. Definitely for the big three. Yeah. To be clear, the big three of queerbaiting are Merther, Destiel, John John Locke, Locke. and they have an AMV for all of them. It works really well for Destiel, moderately well for Sherlock. Pretty well. Pretty well for Merlin. Does it? But who's the angel with a shotgun? Who's... Oh, that's true. Because, like, you Who's know, throwing away their faith, babe, just to keep you safe? Merlin is, obviously. <laughs> but Merlin doesn't, have, doesn't believe anything, in anything. He's like Grant Air. He's throwing away, like... <laughs> he throws away everything. <laughs> but it's like... Just I'm, to keep him safe. I feel like that's the real dynamic, is, like, every ship, like, every ship falls into the category, who's the angel with a shotgun? And then who's the one that they're... They're what they're fighting for. Don't you know you're everything I have? This is how we're going to categorize everything from now on. I would say Merlin is the angel with a shotgun, because the whole thing is the, it, it's the protector-protected dynamic. The, the whole series is just, is just Merlin protecting Arthur. And Arthur always thinks he's protecting Merlin. <laughs> God, I hate Merlin. It's really tragically romantic. It really is. Um, how would we rank it? On a queerbait score. On a queerbait score. I mean, like, it's Merther. It's the best queerbait example. It's like... Like, yeah. as a ship... Okay. We'll break it down into, like, how good was the queerbaiting and how good is it as a ship? As a ship, I would rank it, like, maybe a three. It's awful. <laughs> True. Like, the more you think about it, the sadder it gets. <laughs> Dr. Martha level of bad pining. Oh, God. It's sad. I really, like... In my rewatch, I'm realizing, I'm like, Morgana and Gwen is much more, like... It's it, that that's possible. Morgana yeah. and Gwen is something that I'm like. This is good. This is good. This could happen. This could even end well. Yeah. Only if Gwen gets radicalized. It's a bad ship, Merlin and Arthur. They're 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 they. There's a lot of love on Merlin's end, and a lot of weird, repressed, complicated emotions on Arthur's end. But as queerbait, it's a ten, baby. It's a ten. Oh, Merlin is the original. They get you good. They get you good. They'll never be. Something like if if ultimately every gay ship ever is murder <laughs> gets defined down to like the like Achilles Patroclus Jesus John the oh. Belo- like Jesus John the Beloved type thing uh-huh, uh-huh. of like everyone is the you know the wow. the beloved just yeah. disciple and like the savior of mankind yeah 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 oh goddamn yeah. God, they, like, are soulmates. There's, like, a prophecy about them being soulmates. Two sides of the same coin. That's my favorite queerbaiting, like, trope. It's yes, like, yes, it happens all the time. It's so much. So much. We'll really get into this when you talk about Naruto, because I have a lot of things to say. But just, God. like, a lot of times, they're just, like, the easiest way to, like, throw in some queerbait yeah. for flavor is, like, prophesize they have a bond. They have to be together. They, they even figure it out in Sherlock, which has no magic element. Yeah. Because it'll just be like Mycroft being like, 
you know, you're you're happiest when you're with my brother. You make him whole. Oh, oh John Locke. John Locke. Oh. I think John Locke is the subject for next week. Yeah? Yeah. We're holding back on Destiel? Yeah, we're holding back on Destiel because there's going to be a lot of research there. I think there. it's going to be funny because I think we're ultimately going to say really positive things about Destiel. Like, I think the people, like, I, I think neither Bradley James nor Colin Morgan are homophobic. Oh, let's save this bit. For, let's save this bit for our, Sorry, for our Destiel episode because it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And with that, I think we're done here. We're going to sign off? We're going to sign off. Okay. We don't have a sign off yet, but... I guess we should do names, Twitter ads, and what we're currently watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I... Or maybe what we're currently being queerbaited by. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm Maj. My Twitter at is mean lesbian, but the L is an I. And I'm currently, I'm, yeah, I'm currently still being queerbaited really hard by Naruto and Sasuke. I'm watching it for the first time, and I'm almost done with it. And I've really never been queerbaited like this in my life. Uh, I'm Zoe. My at is Keatsy and Hero. For those who don't know how to spell that, it's K-E-A-T-I-S-A-N. Hero, spelled the normal way. Um, I have not been super queerbaited recently. I'm involved in two pieces of media that I guess are... I I just watched Finished Killing Eve last night, which isn't queerbaiting, but they haven't... I guess they haven't fucked yet, so, like... I don't know. I mean, it's not queer baiting. Um, and I'm reading The Goldfinch, which, like, it's also it's also not queer baiting, but like, I guess you could call it that. Well, all right, and we'll see you next time.